Welcome to the Manga to Be podcast. I'm Nick Raboy, and I'm with my co-host, Michael Lin. Hey, everybody. Great to be here again. And we're going to be talking to Andrew Kerpalani, the co-founder and CTO of WorkHound, a feedback platform for frontline workforces. Before we get into the core material of this particular episode, I wanted to give a shout out about an event that we're hosting coming up in May called MongoDB World, which is in New York City. If you're interested in participating in this event, I do have a special promotional code that you can use. If you use the promotional code podcast when signing up, you'll receive a 25% discount towards your passes. So let's jump right into the core material of this particular episode and see how things go. Welcome to the MongoDB podcast. My name is Mike Lin, and I work with MongoDB, obviously. Uh, I spend most of my time working with startups and emerging developers, and I'm really excited to be joined by Nick Raboy. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm the co-host with Mike on this one. <laughs> yeah, right on. Hey, and today, i um, super excited to welcome Andrew. I'm going to try not to butcher your last name, Kerpalani. Hey, see, I got it. Perfect. All right. All right. So Andrew Kripalani is with WorkHound, and WorkHound is a company that we welcomed into the MongoDB for Startups program a little while back, and uh, really glad to have you on board, and thought it would be a good idea to spend a little bit of time talking about um, who Andrew is, who WorkHound is, and, and how you're leveraging MongoDB, and, and all sorts of good stuff about things that are going on at, at WorkHound. Sound like, a, sound like a plan? I think we can make it work. Terrific. So, Andrew, um, why don't you uh, take a, a few moments and introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, my name is Andrew Kerpalani. Um, you got the pronunciation right. It's perfect, spelled exactly like it sounds, but I think a lot of people just see a name over six letters and kind of give up. Um, so, I appreciate you pers persevering there. Um, yeah, I'm the, the CTO and co-founder of a company called WorkHound. Uh, we do anonymous employee engagement and feedback for employees that don't sit at a desk. So think truck drivers, think uh, home health care nurses, think warehouse workers, folks that um, that don't uh, you know, sit at a desk, they're not knowledge workers, um, and really they, they have been kind of underserved in the employee feedback uh, scenario or uh, area. So that's really been our focus. Um, as far as, you know, myself, um, I've been a, you know, developer, and really, really held every job you can ha hold on the technical side of an organization uh, over about 15 years at this point. Um, and so I do a little bit of everything. I've been, you know, an implementation consultant. I've done client-facing engineering and then uh, kind of got drafted into product management, which is a big part of what I do do now with uh, with WorkHound. So, um, and as far as outside of work, um, you know, when you're when you're when you're starting a startup, there's not a lot of time that isn't work. But uh, <laughs> the time that I do have uh, outside of work, I uh, I got married uh, just this past year, so that's been uh, a big deal. Because yeah, I appreciate that. And my my wife and I uh, purchased a house and uh, did a lot of uh, remodeling and work on that. Um, some of it intentional, most of it not, as we had um, a couple of different unintended uh, water related emergencies that. Uh, <laughs> forced us to do big remodels as we were planning our wedding. So that was a pretty chaotic past year, but, uh, it's awesome. been, uh, we've gotten it, uh, mostly put to bed at this point. So, um, that's really been a lot of my spend, uh, a lot of my time outside of work up to this point. Yeah. Terrific. And uh, so I want to hear a little bit more about, uh, WorkHound and your journey. Can you tell us, um, you know, you give us a good high level introduction of what WorkHound is and, and, and who it's for, but maybe double click on that a little bit and tell us a little, uh, a little bit about 
the the product itself and and what are some other tools that folks might see in that same space? Sure, sure. So uh, Workhound was born out of the um, just sheer amazement uh, that the trucking industry is so inefficient when it comes to uh, employee relationships. Um, the average trucking company has a 95% annual turnover rate uh, for its drivers, which is not a typo, like 95%. Meaning if I have 100 trucks, I hire 95 drivers a year to keep them moving. And that's that's terrible. It's wildly inefficient. Um, the average trucker is 55 years old. The average um, uh, the, or the, the, the industry has a, a about a 50,000 driver shortage. Um, just these amazing statistics that like you then realize underpin our entire economy because 70% of, of gross freight tonnage in the U S goes by truck. So you think about that, that, that wild inefficiency is sort of affecting every part of the economy in some way, uh, shape or form. And so, uh, my co-founder Max Farrell kind of was, was, was turned on to the problems, those problems in the trucking industry by a mentor of his, um, as he was doing kind of corporate innovation consulting work, um, really applying uh, the the startup weekend model to corporates. If anybody's familiar with Startup Weekend uh, and that organization, yeah. um, both of us were organizers and facilitators with with Startup Weekend, and that's how we knew each other. Um, but yeah, he got turned on to this and kind of came up with the initial idea for the product and brought it to me. Um, and that product really is very simple. It's essentially just opening a communication channel between the the frontline workers, the people that are sort of the eyes and the ears and the hands of these companies, um, with their out, you know, in the world with their customers doing this work, um, and understanding that that in general they're actually pretty disconnected from their from their back offices uh, and that sort of thing. And so we basically created this very lightweight communication channel uh, for them to leave their feedback. We let them leave it anonymously so that they don't fear retaliation. Our experience is it's not an app. It's intended to be very low friction. So 95% of people have a smartphone. Every single one of those smartphones can get a text message and every single one of those smartphones has a web browser on it. And so we basically have personalized links that we know all the information we know to associate uh, data with an individual. Uh, we shoot that out to them. They click on that link, open in their, their web browser in their phone. Um, they leave their feedback, essentially rating one to 10. How do you feel about your job right now? And then why just open unstructured, uh, free text feedback. And we take that data, crunch it, munge it, analyze it, um, and provide that back to, to companies to really understand, um, just really get a pulse on their people. And, you know, the play is really, the initial play is, is a retention play, you know, essentially saying, hey, you have terrible retention. Let's help you connect with your people to keep them around longer. Um, but then what we really find is the companies that are really engaging with us and really having the greatest success are the ones that are realizing that this is an operational intelligence channel. They they actually can find out more about their businesses by talking to the people that are out there delivering the services uh, that they sell and really uh, finding out how they provide that value and how they can do that more efficiently. Yeah. So what a phenomenal way to extend the reach. So who better to inform you about your business than the people with the feet on the street and, and out there doing the business? That's uh, exactly that's awesome. So how, are, how are companies leveraging the data that you provide them and, and making changes? Like what kind of changes could companies 
realistically implement as a result of your career? Sure, sure. So um, a really good concrete example. Um, we're, the truckers especially, and I'm going to use a lot of examples from trucking because uh, our main beachhead industry has been trucking. We're expanding into other industries, but uh, trucking is where we kind of have a lot of our anecdotes from. Uh, so trucking companies, uh, they've got people that are out on the road for, you know, four, eight, sometimes 12 weeks at a time. And like, that's a pretty isolating job. And many truckers uh, want to want to have a pet in the truck. They want to have a dog with them. They want to have a cat with them. And some companies have pet policies, but many are resistant to it. Um, and one of our, our, our main customers, actually our largest uh, per month customer was very resistant um, to implementing a pet policy until they implemented WorkHound and realized the sheer volume of feedback they were getting from workers that were really asking for this. And they were saying things like actually considering going to other companies because those companies had pet policies. So not only did this trucking company uh, decide finally to implement a, a pet policy and allow um, furry friends in the truck, they actually then used this as a cornerstone of the recruiting uh, platform and actually, you know, posted that directly on their website, shared it on their blog, use it in the recruiting materials um, to just be another, another uh, piece of, of comfort and another sort of acknowledgement that they really understand life on the road for these people uh, and can be mm. a, a welcoming place for them to work. Phenomenal. That's great. So, so I actually have a few questions um, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to think how to phrase this first one, but I think you use the term uh, like an isolated kind of industry for the trucking, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, they, they work solo a lot of times, I think is what I'm interpreting. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you move into other industries, like uh, I think you mentioned uh, hospitals, like nurses, doctors, things like that, mm -hmm. which are, I guess are not so solo. I mean, is the strategy different? Is this like a, a new kind of vertical that you're you're entering, or is it already something that you've figured out? So we're certainly entering new verticals, and and our main focus actually is on non-hospital healthcare. So, um, sure. as as the population ages, as uh, we go forward, and people want to age in place and stay in their homes, home healthcare is actually exploding, and so um, those actually are a more isolated uh, scenario. However. Workout is applicable in places like warehouses, or for instance, another one of our uh, large customers um, is not uh, truck drivers, but actually a truck stop uh, company where they they actually staff each of their locations with uh, mechanics for those trucks. And so those folks, um, they work, you know, in a shop with a group um, all the time. So they're not isolated individually, but what you find it's kind of going back to that operational intelligence uh, uh, value proposition is that in these kind of distributed organizations where there are lots of different places that value is created, you usually have some kind of a hierarchical manager, management structure. And, you know, everybody wants to, to look like they're doing their job well. They want to, you know, provide the best possible update they can. It's, it's only human nature to sort of, um, you know, paint the rosiest possible picture sometimes. And so what this company found was they actually had um, kind of this layer of middle management whitewashing that was kind of sweeping problems under the rug. Uh, and so the, the executive level team really didn't understand why some of the things were happening at the, the individual location level. Um, and that would be because not all the feedback would bubble up, right? And that may be intentional, or it may just be the nature of, hey, we've only got an hour for this meeting, and I can only give you so many bullet points. So the 
equipment in Tuscaloosa may not make the bullet point list for this meeting. Uh, but now, you know, these, these workers uh, can leave their feedback directly and the executive team can actually see it either in dashboards or summary emails uh, directly from the workers. And so they can actually have another set of eyes on that bullet point and on that information that's that's sort of at the, the ground level. And so it doesn't re- rely on the judgment of one person in a middle management position. It doesn't rely on someone remembering to share that or you know how they prioritize it. And so there's a lot more... Um, I'd call it democratization of the or, of the information in the organization um, that really helps people make uh, more informed decisions. Awesome. So I have another question, and this might kind of relate to us going into the MongoDB territory, but certainly uh, WorkHound is not the first or only feedback form or or survey uh, tool on the market. What what kind of separates you from these other? Sure, tools? sure. So um, you kind of have two or three classes of tools that you're kind of um, getting at. And, and it's part of the classic, you know, do you have any competition? Well, of course you have competition. If you said you didn't have competition, you'd be an idiot. Um, so first and foremost, yes, of course we have competition. We have some other players in our space um, that are kind of operating and, and basically making a similar value proposition uh, that we are. The differentiator for us uh, from most of them is usually uh, either the fact that we're doing our feedback in real time. So we're working with uh, workers day in, day out. We allow that feedback to come in anytime, any place, anywhere. Um, whereas our competitors are often more traditional survey based. They'll look for things like, you know, academic rigor at the statistical level for their annual survey. Um, but if you think about it, an annual survey doesn't do much good if you've turned over 95% of your workforce during that year. Um, and so we really differentiate on the the speed of feedback. Um, the other piece of it is uh, we are focused on really helping our customers digest that data and close that feedback loop because, um, you know, the most toxic thing you, you can do is not ask for feedback at all. But if you're asking feedback and not acting on it, you're really not getting the value out of it. And so we have a couple of different uh, tools and processes in place that really help us close the loop with with our customers and their their workforces, both on the macro and at the individual level. And then finally, um, you know, something like a like a Survey Monkey or or a Google Form or whatever. You know, then then you're really kind of just shooting in the dark. Um, you as a company are going to try and make the best survey you can, but chances are, you know, you don't have a statistic statistician on on staff you're not um creating uh you know a survey that's going to necessarily get you what you want you don't understand um nor should you how to ask those questions in such a way that you don't introduce bias and that's one of the biggest dangers if you're doing a a, just a survey a traditional style survey is you're going to ask the questions that you think are are part of the problem uh but you might omit something that's really actually much more interesting and that's why our, our approach is about getting that unstructured feedback so that essentially the workforce gets to tell you what's most important to it. And that's been a big differentiator for us. Well, that's great. <clears throat> that sounds awesome. Uh, I'm familiar with the space as I used to work in a, in a similar, uh, similar startup, um, not, not specifically focused on this uh, part of the work sector, but um, uh, it's refreshing to, to hear these terms like closed loop feedback again. Um, so, so vital, so important. But hey, so you came to us uh, as part of the MongoDB for Startups program. 
And I wanted to talk a little bit about what, what uh, triggered that decision to get involved in, in that program and, and maybe talk a little bit about how you're using MongoDB, why you're using MongoDB. Sure, sure. So um, WorkHound is a four-year, four to four-and-a-half-year-old organization. We're a total of 16 people. Um, we're not huge. And so for us, um, you know, only a, a subset of that is, is an engineering team. And, and so we need to be as efficient as possible as we can with our engineering resources. You know, engineering is expensive. Engineering is time-consuming. And so we want to be as as efficient as possible. And so our philosophy uh, for development kind of mirrors our philosophy for product in that it should be as frictionless as possible. And so we believe that we should not be spending our time developing anything that's not completely novel to what we do. So if somebody's already solved uh, data storage, if somebody's already solved um, authentication, somebody's already solved um, visualization, that's valuable to us because then we can dedicate our uh, limited resources to really uh, shaping and molding those tools into the service that we provide our customers and really spending all of our time providing new value uh, versus recreating things that somebody else has already built. I mean, it makes no sense for me to spend uh, development hours building a password reset email flow. Like that's been done. Like you can, you're not going to get any marginal value out of out of that email flow. You know, I'm not going to suddenly come up with with a better password email, right? Um, so MongoDB for us, a um, couple of different reasons, and I'm going to kind of blend probably a couple of the different things you wanted to talk about here. But um, you know, we started out uh, as an MLab customer, which was uh, acquired by MongoDB um, last year or whatever, which there was a couple value, a couple value propositions there. One, um, uh, you know, it, it was the MongoDB, which was the database platform we had selected. And, um, I'll go into that selection reasons for in a, in a minute, but it was also hosted for us. And now we're on MongoDB Atlas, which means we don't manage any infrastructure. So our entire business can be run from laptops. Like we don't have any server hardware. We don't have any rack space. We don't have to go to any kind of a data center. Because, you know, like many businesses now, we, we live on the cloud. And so um, that gives us a lot of flexibility and prevents a lot of capital expense. Um, and then as, as far as Mongo itself, you know, really for us, it was we wanted to build on top of, of Node and other JavaScript frameworks. So it meant that we were using a JSON store directly, uh, which was really great for us. We didn't have to go. Um, sort of in and out of um, something like, you know, MySQL or whatever. Um, and that that just was really attractive as as being able to sort of natively use the data uh, the way our application uh, wanted to consume it. Um, so that was kind of a big choice for MongoDB. And then you know, like, as we go forward, we're really um, excited about some other things like charts. Um, you know, again, I said, it's not novel to create visualizations, but if I can take the visualization, visualizations that, that Mongo Charts has created and, you know, use those to provide value to my customers, you know, I'm getting the power of, you know, every single one of Mongo's developers, which I assume are the thousands at this point, you know, that's, that's a lot more than I have. And so I can actually, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants, so to speak, and, and provide value to my customers much quickly, much more quickly. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so. <clears throat> Any any regrets along the way, you know, working your way through the startup program and leveraging MongoDB? Any any regrets or or recommendations for other folks that might be in a similar position? <laughs> I mean, uh, the only thing I generally regret is the times when I was stupid. Um, so, 
So um, as we got, as we initially built our data model in, in Mongo, we, I think we, we kind of fell into the trap that I think a lot of people fall into is, and we built it kind of from a relational mindset uh, to start with. Um, And so one of the things that we did was we, and this is just the way the timing worked out, but we, we made the switch to Mongo and we designed our data model. And then we went to Mongo world like six months later and sat in on one of the, um, it was the super class or no, that's, that's what Twilio calls it. Anyway, the, the, the prior day long, uh, session, the training sessions and realized, oh, we should have been thinking about our data model differently. Um, which we came back and implemented some changes and, you know, that kind of thing. But anytime you're moving legacy data around, it's just a little bit heavier of a lift. So, you know, if I were doing this, if I was doing this all over, I would design my data model differently uh, from the beginning to really leverage the power of MongoDB. And that was something that it was hard to learn that lesson without either instruction or having done it badly once. Um, so, so that was kind of the, the biggest, you know, maybe regret or, or recommendation I have is, you know, spend more time really understanding the difference in the data models between Mongo and just a traditional relational store. Um, but, you know, again, one of the nice things for us has been the flexibility in, in, in Mongo. And we've been able to sort of incrementally fix those problems as they made sense and as they mattered to our application. That's great. So, so I have a question going back to something you said earlier, when it comes to your, uh, your feedback forms that you sent, uh, say truck drivers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the ability to have free text, right? Yep. In your forms. Are you leveraging any of the MongoDB full text search functionality to make sense of that data in the free text fields? So the answer is that is on our roadmap. Like we're not actually using it today, but that's, that's kind of maybe the, the third thing in our roadmap now to go work on, uh, essentially when we want to do full text search and provide that directly to customers. So, and that's actually one of our most requested features. So we've got a couple of other things in a hopper right now, uh, but full text search is, is absolutely a priority for us. Is there anything else in your roadmap that you want to talk about? Um, yeah. So there's a couple of different things that we're doing. Um, one, we've just had a major product launch for us where we are, you know, we, what we've kind of realized, and, and I don't know how many other people have done this, but like you kind of discover your own product as you build it in some ways. And so the, the real value proposition of WorkOut can kind of break down into two things. It's a communication channel that really never existed before to, to a frontline worker. Um, and then act, the, what the analytics and data and services around that channel. So what we've done is actually honed in on that communication channel and released what we call our activity page. And that's actually helping us um, treat our individual feedback points, you know, as first-class citizens right in our interface and help our uh, users kind of track them all the way through to resolution. So when we started the company, we really felt like customers were just going to want us to get the feedback and then, you know, connect them with uh, workers uh, if they were willing to to kind of reveal their identity so that they could solve problems. Uh, but what we found is as we were in their organizations longer, as we gained their trust, they actually wanted us to be involved in the process longer and track these all the way through to resolution. So we've just released that um, last week, Monday. So that was a big release for us. Um, going forward, uh, one of the things that we're doing is uh, providing much more robust note-taking 
capability in there. And that means that, you know, we're going to allow them to kind of have all their internal conversations around these feedback points right inside of our interface. You know, that's really powerful with a data store like Mongo because, you know, we can have our comment model and just, you know, have a, comment, a notes array just like pinned right to that comment model. We make one query, we get our data back, and we can sort of uh, slice and dice it as we need to for display and provide that all back to our customers. Um, and then one of the other things we're doing is um, taking that data and letting, letting our customers um, actually send information to an anonymous worker. So uh, part of our platform, and I don't know if I said this terribly well, is that everyone's anonymous when they leave their comments and we actually kind of broker that communication um, and allow workers to reveal their identity if and only if they consent. But up until this point, when that worker has not consented to reveal their identity, essentially there was there was not much a, a, one of our customers could do. Essentially, you sort of had to say, oh, well, bummer, they don't want to talk to us. Uh, but the reality is, in many of those situations, uh, we can actually solve that worker's problem just by providing them an additional piece of data or a phone number for contact info for somebody that can solve their problem, or just a little bit of a reminder where to go look at something in a manual, et cetera. Um, so we actually are building a feature now to allow um, allow our customers to push that data out uh, while still maintaining the anonymity of that worker. Uh, and that's going to be really powerful for us because it gives them another way to address a problem uh, incrementally as opposed to kind of having to have this this full um, this full connection and this kind of what could be scary or uh, intimidating uh, connection request of revealing the identity. So um, those are kind of the two next big uh, next big features that we're working on and then um, being able to do full text search and, and slice and dice by any given um, search term is going to be huge. And then, you know, we've got a ton of different other things that we want to work on coming down the pipe, but uh, those are a little bit more nebulous at this point. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I love the, the enhancement to the communication vehicles that you have in place already. That's, um, that's impressive. Um, <clears throat> so I guess capturing this data, super critical, um, storing it in MongoDB, that's awesome. Um, and then you're, are you building today the dashboards to present this data? And are you, are you leveraging charts today? Do you have plans to leverage MongoDB charts? Yeah. So today, you know, our first, first go around at this, we built our own, you know, graphs based on, you know, charts, JS and, and that sort of thing. And mm -hmm. one of the things that we know is that like, that's actually a pretty heavy lift for us. Our team is pretty small and, you know, I would say we are more of a back-end heavy team. So uh, front-end development work is a little more challenging for us. Um, and so doing, doing, you know, providing a new metric is actually a pretty heavy lift for us at this point. So when we went to Mongo World last year, we, you know, listened to really where, where Charts was going. I believe it was in the keynote and we went to a few other sessions and we're really excited about the idea of embedding Charts directly in our dashboard experience and actually using Charts as the main vehicle to deliver um, analytics to our customers. Um, we're speaking with uh, Tom Hollander, uh, I believe it is, the other day, your, your product manager for, for Charts. Mm -hmm. And they're, basically, we're kind of riding the edge with you uh, on Charts. The, the features that we need to be able to 
differentiate um, data per customer and that sort of thing are sort of the that's the roadmap of charts for the next you know six to 12 months so we're kind of going to be going right along with you and uh, we had a really great conversation with tom you know want to be part of of the beta program there and and working through really how we want to lever leverage charts because it sounds really well aligned with what uh his team is building um so we're really excited about doing that and, and quite frankly we'll alter our product roadmap to sync up with that um because we think that's the best way for us um, to deliver visualizations of our data to our customers. Oh, that's so, so exciting. I was really happy to be able to connect the dots there to connect you with, uh, with Tom. So I guess full disclosure, folks that are listening in, um, Andrew and I uh, spent some time together. Andrew availed himself of my office hours, which are offered to participants of the MongoDB for Startups program. And during that, we, we discovered that there was a strong interest in, in charts and I was really happy to be able to connect the dots with Tom, and I'm glad you had that conversation. So, yeah, terrific. So, uh, we talked a little bit about the pipeline. We talked about tools that you're using. Um, any recommendations for folks that might be in a similar position as a as a, uh, a developer, a founder, a CTO? Um, any recommendations for folks in the in that space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can tell you what's worked for me, and sort of everybody's going to have their own you know take on things. But I mean, really, for us. Just like leveraging Mongo, just like uh, going to Mongo World, you know, we do the same thing with Twilio, right? So we send text messages, and if you send twi- text messages, you probably know what Twilio is. Um, so we're, you know, we we avail ourselves of of Twilio's programs. We go to Signal, their conference. Um, both of those conferences are really, really well structured and really well. Um, really, very value dense for a small team. Um, and I would I would say they're they're absolutely worth attending uh, because there's just something about those concentrated traded sessions to, and and the interaction you can get with um, with a company like Mongo at at those conferences that will spark so many ideas and really help you form direction very quickly. Which then you can go back to your 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 you know home office and whatever and sort of implement all that over time as you you know, bring the resources back, but like, there's, there's something that can't be replaced about just that, like density of new information, sort of all at once to really help you kind of put all the pieces together to, to set direction. So those things were really valuable for us. And then, you know, like I said, we can run our whole company from laptops, because we take advantage of things like Atlas and um, you know, we use Heroku for all of our hosting and deployment. Like we have Bitbucket for all of our source code, right? We're using all of these different tools that allow us to be extremely flexible with um, our time, our resources, our location um, versus ever having to maintain our own data centers or anything like that. Um, I realize that might sound sort of trivial to, to some of the, the folks that have uh, come up after I have, but uh, I've definitely been in my career in the, you know, where I had to go find a server in the middle of the night, that sort of thing. And, and that's not a lot of fun. So I really enjoy the fact that, you know, I can throw a backpack on my back and never be, never be sort of out of touch. Um, so I think that's really valuable. And then lastly, what's worked super well for us, and I said it before was use the tools that other people made, right? Mongo has thousands of people they can focus on and create detail or or create more detailed um specs they can you know address more use cases so you know use those tools use those 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 pieces that they've built for you and then 
and then just build the stuff that you know how to do uniquely and that uniquely provides value to your customers. So um, you've plugged it several times already um, as uh, being a huge benefit to you guys as far as uh, learning. So MongoDB World, um, just wanted to put it out there as, as a plug that I'm going to do. Uh, we actually have a MongoDB World uh, coming up at the beginning of May. Uh, right, Mike? Yes, May 4th through the 6th in uh, New York City. And there's uh, there's special deals that we offer to people in the, our startup accelerator, right, Mike? Yeah, right on. Shed so, some light on that? Sure. So as a participant in the MongoDB for Startups program, you get access to all of the MongoDB events. We have several types of events like MongoDB.locals, where we bring the show uh, to your location around the world. Many, many locations are covered with the .locals. And then our biggest user conference of the year is held in New York City. This year, it's going to be May 4th through the 6th in uh, Midtown, New York. And um, uh, yes, certainly MongoDB for Startups provides free access uh, via tickets to those events for participants. If you're interested in more information about how to become a participant in the MongoDB for Startups program, uh, jump on over to mongodb.com slash startups to check it out. And uh, in regards to plugs of your own, Andrew, is there anything that you want to share in particular with the audience of this podcast, like any URLs, any social media handles, events, et cetera? Sure. So you can, you can find us um, at workhound.com or on any of your favorite social media platforms as Workhound. Really, we are, uh, like I said, an anonymous employee engagement feedback platform. And, and while most of your listeners are probably folks that do sit at a desk, they probably have smartphones too. So if anybody is really struggling with uh, employee retention or getting a real understanding of how people are doing their jobs day to day, uh, we can help you. And otherwise, um, yeah, I mean, just keep building. Awesome. Right Do you have any other uh, questions for Andrew, Mike? No, I think I'm good. I just wanted to uh, thank Andrew for his time. This has been a really great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me. This has been great. All right. Great conversation with Andrew. I love the concept of feedback, especially from the frontline workers. Really powerful to get and use feedback in that way. And really excited to see how he's using MongoDB. Just another quick reminder about MongoDB World. This is our biggest user conference of the year. It's happening May 4th through the 6th in 2020. And uh, we've got a special promotional code. You can use podcast, use the code podcast for a 25% discount on passes at registration time. just want to thank everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe or follow us. It's called the MongoDB Podcast. If you're listening on the Apple Network, you can leave a great review for us. We'd love that. We'd love it if you left a positive review. You can also find us on social media. We're at MongoDB pretty much on every social channel. So twitter.com slash MongoDB. We're on Instagram. We're all over the place. Like, follow, do all those things for us. If you have suggestions for a topic you'd like us to cover on a future episode, head on over to the MongoDB community forums. You can find us at community.mongodb.com. Thanks again for listening. I will see you next time. Bye.